information security news this is neil this is Stuart. it is tuesday august 18th thank you for joining us on another session where we bring you the most secure podcast remember to follow us on instagram and twitter at where infosec x news one this will give you the latest and greatest episodes of when they are live now before we hop into these topics today you know i think both of us have a favorite car brand right now that we can't afford and that would definitely be Tesla. Oh, I thought you were going to say Honda. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we both had a couple Hondas in our lifetime, but Tesla is making it harder to hack their vehicles for with good reason. Hold up. So what I think you're referring to is the two-factor authentication that Musk tweeted about. Um, but I guess before we jump into that, let's talk about why they're potentially doing this new feature to the app. So over the weekend, Elon Musk did tweet. He says, sorry, this is embarrassingly late. Two-factor authentication via SMS or the Authenticator app is going through its final validation right now. It is shocking that they haven't had two-factor before just because it is something that's common in the security world now. Everybody just about has two-factor. I feel like it's a compliance checkmark these days as well. But give us a little bit of history as to why he's so serious about this now. Tesla has some run-ins in the past where they did, you know, experience some issues and getting hacked per se. There are two previous scenarios that they were victim of, one being that McAfee hackers fooled two Tesla vehicles into thinking a 35 mile per hour speed restriction was an 85 mile per hour one. And the second one was when they found that hackers could steal a Model S by cloning the key fob. These issues were fixed in 2019, but it makes sense that two-factor authentication is being talked about now. So you're probably wondering, why two-factor? Why do they want to do two-factor now? Well, two-factor is good because it comes in layers. One of the best layers you can do to add to any application, site, or service. It protects users against hackers who have compromised username and password credentials. And also many people that use these weak passwords or share their logins across, you know, multiple services, leave themselves wide open for these credential stuffing attacks. So that's why Elon Musk is now taking a stance and saying, you know what, we've had enough of this. Let's go ahead and implement this two factor. So props to Elon. That is definitely good news for Tesla owners. I know from a personal standpoint, I use two-factor for various apps, work, and even some bank accounts. But let's jump over to the topics. Topic one. So today we have a two-for-one special when it <laughs> comes to phishing attacks. So Verizon customers were targeted by phishing tactics to steal customer data, as well as Asta, a UK supermarket phishing scam run via social media to try to steal customer credentials. Going to that Asda. <laughs> Topic two, Instagram, the world's favorite social media is in the news again, this time for retaining deleted data despite GDPR rules. And last but not least, Zoom. Zoom has been hit with another lawsuit steaming from its claim to offer end-to-end -end encryption for all sessions. Ooh, that was a mouthful. I'm glad I didn't have to do that. But another day, another phishing attack. Let's go ahead and move it back to Verizon. So Verizon customers, they had their user information stolen, credentials, password, personal details, all of that. And what was happening is that they were getting an email. In this email, it says, your attention is urgently required. Once the recipient clicked that link, they were gone to a lookalike website, which was you know, identical to Verizon. From there, they're asked to put in their information, like their email account, the Verizon uh, account password, as well as any relevant information like their phone number. According to cloud security platform ArmorBlocks, the phishing email attempted to deceive people by masquerading as an important message sent by the actual support team of Verizon. 
So what do they do? Like, can you break it down for us? Give us kind of like a step-by-step -step of what these crooks are doing. Yeah, so first, the crooks use an unrelated parent domain as part of the phishing campaign. Uh, so what that means is what? They're creating this fake domain, right? It's not anything to do with Verizon. Just keep, okay, keep going. Right, so by hosting phishing pages on unrelated parent domains after redirection, attackers are, were able to evade security controls used on URLs protection and get past those filters, which block known bad domains. So this just goes to show a lot of these cyber crimes are really not that complicated, right? It's very simple, very easy. But what happens is we get caught up in our daily routine and therefore we just start to click links because we blindly trust Verizon or a big corporation. But Stuart's going to actually tell you about Jack Moore, who's a security specialist from ESET. And he kind of talks about this and he says what you need to look out for. There's some telltale signs of what to look for when you see these phishing campaigns. Stole my words. Jake Moore does say that phishing emails still contain a few telltale signs to look out for. The incoming address is one to investigate as a must. But as some of us know, they can also be duped or compromised with some clever tools. To solve this issue, it is vital that you verify the link in any communication before clicking on it. Also, according to Jake Moore, it is easy to clone a website and make it look alike what you would expect. However, it is difficult to make the URL appear legitimate. So make sure you take an additional few seconds to check the address before you lose access to your accounts or any personal information. So now that we see this can happen through email, Asda or Asda, the shoppers, they experienced the same thing, but this was via uh, social media as well as Facebook, Twitter, all the networking sites. The scammers were able to run advertisements on the site offering women who were born in October a free $1,000 gift card uh, to spend at Asda. Now, these victims that clicked this sign, they were led to a malicious site, just like what you saw with Verizon. And then once they're on the site, that's where they start stealing all your information. So it's just that easy. And that's why we give you the two for one special because it was a short one on the second one. All right. All right. Now to the gram or as kids like to call it IG. How much time you spend on IG daily, huh? <laughs> I actually don't spend a lot of time on yeah, IG. Yeah, let me see your screen time. <laughs> so Instagram will discover to have kept copies of deleted pictures and private direct messages on its server even after someone removed them from their account. This slip-up was acknowledged by the parent company Facebook, and they awarded a security research $6,000 for finding the bug. I just want to call one thing out. They took my boy Boosie off of Instagram. So if you haven't seen <laughs> his compilation of why they took him off Instagram and he calls him Mark Zuckerberger. So <laughs> I don't think he knows who Mark really is, but he does want his Instagram back. So shout out to. All right. Can we get back on topic? Let's be serious now. OK, so GDPR. You're going to hear this often, especially if you're listening from the UK. But this is a regulation in the UK. Well, not the UK, but the EU. And this is on data protection and privacy within the European Union. Now, the European Economic Area, the EEA, says that if you're going to transfer personal data outside of the EU or the EEA areas, the GDPR, their primary aim is to give you control on the individuals over their personal data and to simplify the regulatory environment for international business by unifying the regulations within the EU. So, Stuart, what does that mean? In layman's terms, site visitors must be notified of data the site collects from them and explicitly consent to the information gathering. Sites must also notify users in a timely way if any of the personal data held by the site is breached. Also gives them the ability, gives them meaning the users, the ability to have their presence on the site erased among other measures. Okay. All right, that was, uh, that was a whole lot of information, but let's just get to the gist of what was happening. So there was this guy 
he found the bug. Well, mistaken. he didn't really find the bug. He was trying to download his data from Instagram, I think. Well, okay. Not, I think, specifically from Instagram. Yeah, from Instagram. And so okay. because he's in the European Union, once he tells Instagram that he wants his data deleted, Instagram needs to delete it because of the whole GDPR. And it seems like they didn't delete it. So this is where the whole 6,000 reward came from. So this is where the bug was found. And then also, last year, there was another security researcher who reported that Instagram was keeping direct messages for, what, years? And they were supposed to delete them, like you said, according to GDPR. Then they found out that Instagram was also sending this data from different accounts to other various locations. So they were breaking all kinds of rules. Now, this isn't the first time Facebook has come under fire for stuff like this. They also um, received a $5 billion fine from the FTC before, which is the uh, Federal Trade Commission. The FTC is collecting that check because it seems like they're after Twitter as well. After it acknowledged last year that user emails and phone numbers were being used to target advertising. How much much are they getting for Twitter? $250 million is what it's looking like. Jeez. But there's more. Instagram did confirm that it takes 90 days for data to be fully deleted from its systems. But then going back to the research comments, he had requested for the data to be deleted more than a year ago. So there's a misconnect there of the 90 days in a full year. So did you guys hear that? He said a misconnect, not a disconnect. Uh, <laughs> it's a misconnect, guys. So, but you know what? Instagram looks like they're they're gonna have to do this anyway because of everything that's coming down on them. Well, Facebook, right? Because it's a parent company. But, you know, it's been kind of sad because TikTok's going away probably and Microsoft's not pulling the trigger. So what he did, yes, he did this. He went out and found alternatives. So what are some of those apps that you found that you can use instead of TikTok? I found these alternatives for you. I didn't want your followers to just be disappointed. But, yeah, there are alternatives. Uh, two of them are Dub Smash and Thriller. Um, and these are more preferred for, I guess, dancers. Yeah, his username <laughs> is Stuart the Dancer. And then you also have a Gen Z who it seems like they're using Byte. You got to count on there too, right? <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. That's enough of that. Let's go ahead and kick it over to Zoom. Yeah, Zoom has been hit with another lawsuit because they're claiming that they offer end-to-end encryption for their sessions. And what happened was there is a nonprofit group which was uh, called Consumer Watchdog. And what they do is they pretty much look out for these type of things. And call you out on your BS. That's exactly what happened here. Zoom previously said that it offered end-to-end encryption. But in reality, the platform actually uses Transport Layer Security, TLS encryption, which provides only encryption between individual users and service providers instead of encrypting communication directly between the user of the system. So what this could possibly mean is that if you allow this service to access user data, and if someone accidentally leaves that service open, then you could have some eavesdropping by another third party. So that's why this lawsuit is even important, right? Because before they're saying, yeah, we do it, and then we come to find out that they're actually doing TLS, and then TLS isn't the best. We've seen this as a lot of the older TLS encryption has been deprecated already. So the suit is asking for an injunction against Zoom to prevent it from misrepresenting its security measures to consumers and statutory damage and then under the CCPA, which is the Consumer Protection Procedures Act, which allows fines up to 1500 per violation. 1500 Yeah, but I'm saying this could add up quickly depending on how many consumers are impacted. You're right. 
So I'm surprised you didn't catch my mistake or made fun of me. Real friends. I'm sitting here recollecting, and I said CCPA when it's really CPPA. Oops. We have to get these facts right. <laughs> but wait, there's more. There's always more. Zoom has so far been sued 42 times this year. Yikes. This is compared to 32 lawsuits total since it founded in 2011. I guess from 2011 through 2019, there has been 32 lawsuits. But just this year alone, there has been 42 lawsuits. So 42 lawsuits later, Zoom has issued a statement in the media this past week. We take privacy and security extremely seriously and are committed to continuous enhancement including the timely beta testing and the implementation of the end-to-end -end encryption. So it is coming. It's being worked on. We don't know. They haven't set us an actual date. Of I when was going to say, when? When is it coming? Yeah. <laughs> well, who knows with them? They might have another lawsuit before it comes. But um, it is unfortunate. But if you're using Zoom, just be careful. Know that, you know, make sure you have your password on all your meetings. And there are some open security flaws right now. So that's really not reassuring. But be careful. And with that, we're going to hit you with the recap. So today we talked about three interesting items or three interesting topics. So the first one being phishing scams, specifically targeting Verizon users as well as Asta UK supermarket users. The second topic was IG. Um, and I know Neil's probably already signing up for those new apps. He's, he already DMs. probably has an account. <laughs> and then the last one was Zoom. Be careful when you use Zoom. We did talk about Tesla, but you know, I was just like, that, that was in a topic though. That was, that was a quick blurt. You know, <laughs> that was more conversational. Just a little sunshine. But thank you guys and girls and anybody else that's listening. We appreciate you. Definitely follow us on Instagram and Twitter, InfosecXNews1. And if you slide in our DMs, we are not sliding back. But thank you, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. The podcast you just heard is intended to serve for informational purpose only and is not intended to offer any sales of any sort. The views discussed reflect our personal opinion and is not intended to sway you one way or another. Information security news is independently operated by Sue and Neil.